Act One of the Revenge's Tragedy by Thomas Middleton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae Vindici. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Hippolito. Read by M.B. Gratiana. Read by Libby Gone. Castiza. Read by Amanda Friday. The Duke. Read by Bob Neufeld. First Judge and First Gentleman. Read by Sean Daly. Duchess. Read by Ariel Lipshaw. Lasurioso. Read by David Nicol. Ambicioso. Read by Lambda. Spurio. Read by Alan Mapstone. Junior. Read by Larry Wilson. Supervacchio. Read by Charlotte Duckett. Second Judge, read by Chuck Williamson. Antonio, read by Alan Mapstone. Piero, read by Larry Wilson. First Noble, read by Todd. First Servant, by Tex Savvy. Dondolo, read by Larry Wilson. Second Noble, read by Chuck Williamson. Second Servant, and Nencio. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Sordido, read by Larry Wilson. Second Officer, First Lord, read by Todd. Fourth Man, read by Larry Wilson. Narrator, read by Christine G. Act One, Scene One, Outside Vindici's House. Enter Vindici with a skull. The Duke, Duchess, Lucerioso, his son, Spiorio, the bastard, with a train pass over the stage with torchlight duke royal lecher go grey-haired adultery and thou his son as impious steeped as he and thou his bastard true begotten evil and thou his duchess that will do with the devil four excellent characters Oh, that marrowless age would stuff the hollow bones with damned desires, and stead of heat kindle infernal fires within the spendthrift veins of a dry duke, a parched and juiceless luxure. Oh, God! One that has scarce blood enough to live upon. And he to riot it like a son and heir? Oh, the thought of that turns my abused heart-strings into fret— Thou sallow picture of my poisoned love, My study's ornament, thou shell of death, Once the bright face of my betrothed lady, When life and beauty naturally filled out These ragged imperfections, When two heaven-pointed diamonds were set In those unsightly rings. Then t'was a face, so far beyond the artificial shine of any woman's bought complexion, that the uprightest man, if such there be, that sin but seven times a day, broke custom and made up eight with looking after her. Oh, she was able to a made a usurer's son melt all his patrimony in a kiss. And what his father fifty years told to have consumed, and yet his suit been cold. But, oh, a cursed palace! 
thee when thou wert apparelled in thy flesh the old duke poisoned because thy purer part would not consent unto his palsy lust for old men lustful do show like young men angry eager violent outbid like their limited performances oh where an old man hot and vicious age as in gold in lust is covetous vengeance thou murders quit rent and whereby thou shouldst thyself tenant to tragedy oh keep thy day hour minute i beseech for those thou hast determined hum who e'er knew murder unpaid faith give revenge her due she has kept touch hitherto be merry merry advance thee o oh, thou terror to fat folks to have their costly three-piled flesh worn off as bare as this for banquets ease and laughter can make great men as greatness goes by clay but wise men little are more great than they enter his brother hippolito still sighing o'er death's vizard brother welcome what comfort bringst thou how go things at court in silk and silver brother never braver Puh, thou playest upon my meaning prithee say has that bald madam opportunity yet thought upon us speak are we happy yet thy wrongs and mine are for one scabbard fit it may prove happiness what is't may prove give me to taste give me your hearing then you know my place at court ay the duke's chamber but tis a marvel thou art not turned out yet faith i've been shoved at but twas still my hap to hold by the duchess's skirt <laughs> you guess at that whom such a coat keeps up can ne'er fall flat but to the purpose last evening predecessor unto this the duke's son warily inquired for me whose pleasure i attended he began by policy to open and unhusk me about the time and common rumour but i had so much wit to keep my thoughts up in their idle houses yet afforded him an idle satisfaction without danger but the whole aim and scope of his intent ended in this conjuring me in private to seek some strong digested fellow forth of ill-contented nature either disgraced in former times or by new grooms displaced since his stepmother's nuptials such a blood a man that were for evil only good to give you the true word some base-coined pander i reach you for i know his heat is such were there as many concubines as ladies he would not be contained he must fly out i wonder how ill-featured vile proportioned that one should be if she were made for woman whom at the insurrection of his lust he would refuse for once heart i think none next to a skull though more unsound than one each face he meets he strongly dotes upon brother you have truly spoken he knows not you but i'll swear you know him and therefore i'll put on that knave for once and be a right man then a man o the time for to be honest is not to be o the world brother i'll be that strange composed fellow and i'll prefer you brother go to then the smallest advantage fattens wronged men it may point out occasion if i meet her 
I'll hold her by the foretop fast enough, or like the French mole heave up hair and all. I have a habit that will fit it quaintly. Enter Graziana and Castiza. Here comes our mother. And sister. We must coin. Women are apt, you know, to take false money. But I dare stake my soul for these two creatures. Only excuse accepted that they'll swallow, because their sex is easy in belief. What news from court, son Carlo? Faith, mother, tis whispered there the Duchess' youngest son has played a rape on Lord Antonio's wife. On that religious lady? Royal blood! Monster, he deserves to die, if Italy had no more hopes but he. Sister, you have sentenced most direct and true. The law's a woman, and would she were you. Mother, I must take leave of you. Leave for what? I intend speedy travel. That he does, madam. Speedy indeed. For since my worthy father's funeral, my life's unnatural to me. E'en compelled, as if I lived now when I should be dead. Indeed, he was a worthy gentleman, had his estate been fellow to his mind. The duke did much deject him. Much? Too much. And through disgrace oft smothered in his spirit when it would mount. Surely I think he died of discontent, the nobleman's consumption. Most sure he did. Did he? Lack, you know all. You were his midnight secretary. No. He was too wise to trust me with his thoughts. The faith, then, father, thou wast wise indeed. Wives are but made to go to bed and feed. Come, mother, sister. You'll bring me onward, brother. I will. Aside to him. I'll quickly turn into another. Exeunt. Scene two. A court of law. Enter the old duke, Losorioso, his son, the duchess, the bastard, the duchess's two sons, Ambitioso and Supervacchio, the third her youngest, brought out with officers for the rape, two judges. Duchess, it is your youngest son. We're sorry. His violent act has e'en drawn blood of honour, and stained our honours, thrown ink upon the forehead of the state, which envious spirits will dip their pens into after our death, and blot us in our tombs. For that which would seem treason in our lives is laughter when we're dead. Who dares now whisper that dares not then speak out, and e'en proclaim with loud words and broad pens, our closest shame your grace has spoke like to your silver years full of confirmed gravity but what is it to have a flattering false inscription on a tomb and in men's hearts reproach a bowed corpse may be seared in but with free tongue i speak the faults of great men through their sheer cloths break they do we're sorry for it it is our fate to live in fear and die to live in hate i leave him to your sentence doom him lords the fact is great whilst i sit by and sigh my gracious lord i pray be merciful although his trespass far exceed his years think him to be your own as i am yours call him not son-in-law the law i fear will fall too soon upon his name and him temper his fault with pity Good, my lord, then, twill not taste so bitter and unpleasant upon the judge's palate. For offences, guilt o'er with mercy, show like fairest women. 
good only for their beauties, which washed off, no sin is uglier. I beseech your grace, be soft and mild. Let not relentless law look with an iron forehead on our brother. He yields small comfort yet. Hope he shall die. And if a bastard's wish might stand in force, would all the court were turned into a course. No pity yet? Must I rise fruitless then? A wonder in a woman. Are my knees of such low metal that without respect... Let the offender stand forth. Tis the Duke's pleasure that impartial doom shall take fast hold of his unclean attempt. A rape! Why, tis the very core of lust, double adultery. So, sir. And which was worse, committed on the Lord Antonio's wife, that general honest lady. Confess, my lord, what moved you to it? Why, flesh and blood, my lord, what should move men unto a woman else? Oh, do not jest thy doom. Trust not an axe or sword too far. The law is a wise serpent, and quickly can beguile thee of thy life. Though marriage only has made thee my brother, I love thee so far. Play not with thy death. I thank you, Troth, good admonitions, Faith, if I've the grace now to make use of them. That lady's name has spread such a fair wing over all Italy that if our tongues were sparing toward the fact, judgment itself would be condemned and suffer in men's thoughts. Well, then, tis done, and it would please me well were it to do again. Sure, she's a goddess, for I'd no power to see her and live. It falls out too in this, for I must die. Her beauty was ordained to be my scaffold. And yet, methinks, I might be easier cessed, my fault being sport, let me but die in jest. This be the sentence. Oh, keep it upon your tongue, let it not slip. Death too soon steals out of a lawyer's lip. Be not so cruel, wise. Your grace must pardon us, tis but the justice of the law. The law is grown more subtle than a woman should be. Aside. Now, now, he dummies. Rid him away. Aside. Oh, what it is to have an old, cool duke, to be as slack in tongue as in performance. Confirmed. This be the doom irrevocable. Oh! Tomorrow early. Pray be abed, my lord. Your grace must wrongs yourself. No. Tis that tongue. Your too much right does do us too much wrong. Let that offender... Live and be in health. Be on a scaffold. Hold, hold, my lord. Aside. Paxant, what makes my dad speak now? We will defer the judgment till next sitting. In the meantime, let him be kept close prisoner. Guard, bear him hence. Ambitioso and Supervacchio take Junior aside. Brother, this makes for thee. Fear not. We'll have a trick to set thee free. Brother, I will expect it from you both, and in that hope I rest. Farewell, be merry. Exit Junior with a guard. Aside. Delayed, deferred. Nay, then if judgment have cold blood, flattery and bribes will kill it. About it then, my lords, with your best powers. More serious business calls upon our hours. 
Exant omnes. Manet duchess. Wast ever known step-duchess was so mild and calm as I? Some now would plot his death with easy doctors, those loose-living men, and make his withered grace fall to his grave and keep church better. Some second wife would do this, and dispatch her double-loathed lord at meat and sleep. Indeed, tis true, an old man's twice a child. Mine cannot speak. One of his single words would quite have freed my youngest, dearest son from death or durance, and have made him walk with a bold foot upon the thorny law, whose prickles should bow under him. But tis not, and therefore wedlock, faith, shall be forgot. I'll kill him in his forehead. Hate their feed. That wound is deepest, though it never bleed. Enter Spiorio. Aside. And here comes he whom my heart points unto, his bastard son, but my love's true begot. Many a wealthy letter have I sent him, swelled up with jewels, and the timorous man is yet but coldly kind. That jewel's mine that quivers in his ear, mocking his master's chillness and vain fear. He's spied me now. Madam, your grace so private? My duty on your hand. He kisses her hand. Upon my hand, sir? Troth, I think you'd fear to kiss my hand, too, if my lips stood there. Witness I would not, madam. Tis a wonder. For ceremony has made many fools. It is as easy way unto a duchess as to a hatted dame if her love answer. But that by timorous honours, pale respects, idle degrees of fear, men make their ways hard of themselves. What have you thought of me? Madam, I ever think of you in duty, regard, and— Upon my love, I mean. I would twere love, but tis a fouler name than lust. You are my father's wife. Your grace may guess now what I would call it. Why, thou art his son, but falsely. Tis a hard question whether he begot thee. Me faith, tis true, too. I am an uncertain man of more uncertain woman. Maybe his groom of the stables begot me. You know I know not. He could ride a horse well, a shrewd suspicion, Mary. He was wondrous tall. He had his lengthy faith for peeping over half-shut holy-day windows. Men would desire him light. When he was afoot, he made a goodly show under a penthouse, and when he rid, his hat would check the signs and clatter barber's basins. Nay, set you a horseback once, you'll ne'er light off. Indeed, I am a beggar. That's more the sign thou art great. But to our love, let it stand firm both in thought and mind that the duke was thy father, as no doubt then he bid fair for it, thy injury is the more, for had he cut thee a right diamond, thou hadst been next set in the dukedom's ring, when his worn self, like age's easy slave, had dropped out of the collet into the grave. What wrong can equal this? Canst thou be tame and think upon it? No, mad and think upon't. Who would not be revenged of such a father, e'en in the worst way? I would thank that sin that could most injury him and be in league with it. Oh, what a grief tis, that a man should live but once i' the world, and then to live a bastard, the curse of the womb, the thief of nature, begot against the seventh commandment, half damned in the conception, by the justice of that unbribed everlasting law. Oh, 
I'd a hot-backed devil to my father. Would not this mad e'en patience make blood rough? Who but an eunuch would not sin, his bed by one false minute disinherited? Ay, there's the vengeance that my birth was wrapped in. I'll be revenged for all. Now hate begin. I'll call foul incest, but a venal sin. Called still? In vain, then, must a duchess woo. Madam, I blush to say what I will do. Thence flew sweet comfort. Earnest and farewell. She kisses him. Oh, one incestuous kiss picks open hell. Aside. Faith now, old duke, my vengeance shall reach high. I'll arm thy brow with woman's heraldry. Exit. Duke, thou didst me wrong, and by thy act adultery is my nature. Faith, if the truth were known, I was begot after some gluttonous dinner. Some stirring dish was my first father. When deep healths went round, and ladies' cheeks were painted red with wine, their tongues as short and nimble as their heels, uttering words sweet and thick, and when they rose were merrily disposed to fall again. In such a whispering and withdrawing hour, when base male balds kept sentinel at stairhead, was I stolen softly. Oh, damnation met the sin of feasts, drunken adultery! I feel it swell me. My revenge is just. I was begot in impudent wine and lust. Stepmother, I consent to thy desires. I love thy mischief well, but I hate thee and those three cubs, thy sons, wishing confusion, death, and disgrace may be their epitaphs. As for my brother, the duke's only son, whose birth is more beholding to report than mine, and yet perhaps as falsely sown, women must not be trusted with their own. I'll loose my days upon him, hate all I. Duke, on thy brow I'll draw my bastardy, for indeed a bastard by nature should make cuckolds, because he is the son of a cuckold maker. Exit. Scene three. The palace. Enter Vindici and Hippolito, Vindici in disguise as Piatto, to attend Lord Lusorioso, the duke's son. What, brother? Am I far enough from myself? as if another man had been sent into the world and none wist how he came it will confirm me bold the child of the court let blushes dwell o' the country impudence thou goddess of the palace mistress of mistresses to whom the costly perfumed people pray strike thou my forehead into dauntless marble mine eyes to steady sapphires turn my visage and if I must needs glow, let me blush inward that this immodest season may not spy that scholar in my cheeks, fool bashfulness, that maid in the old time, whose flush of grace would never suffer her to get good clothes. Our maids are wiser and are less ashamed. Save grace the bawd I seldom hear grace named. 
Nay, brother, you reach out of the verge now. Enter Lusorioso. Sweat, the duke's son, settle your looks. Pray, let me not be doubted. My lord. Hippolyto, be absent, leave us. My lord, after long search, wary inquiries, and politic siftings, I made choice of yon fellow, whom I guessed rare for many deep employments. This our age swims within him, and if time had so much hair, I should take him for time he is so near kin to this present minute. Tis enough, we thank thee. Yet words are but great men's blanks. Gold, though it be dumb, does utter the best thanks. He gives Hippolyto gold. Your plenteous honour. An excellent fellow, my lord. So give us leave. Exit Hippolyto. Welcome. Be not far off. We must be better acquainted. Push be bull with us, thy hand. With all my heart, of faith. How dost, sweet muscat? When shall we lie together? Aside. Wondrous knave, gather him into boldness? Sfoot the slave's already as familiar as an ague, and shakes me at his pleasure. Friend, I can forget myself in private, but elsewhere, I pray, do you remember me? Oh, very well, sir. I conster myself saucy. What hast been? Of what profession? A bone-setter. A bone-setter? A bawd, my lord. One that sets bones together. Aside. Notable bluntness. Fit, fit for me, e'en trained up to my hand. Thou hast been scrivener to much knavery, then? Fool to abundance, sir. I have been witness to the surrenders of a thousand virgins, and not so little. I have seen patrimonies washed to pieces fruit-fields turned into bastards, and in a world of acres not so much dust due to the air twas left to, as would well gravel a petition. Aside. Fine villain! Troth, I like him wondrously. He's e'en shaped for my purpose. Then thou knowest in the world strange lust? Oh, Dutch lust! Fulsome lust! drunken procreation which begets so many drunkards. Some father dreads not, gone to bed in wine, to slide from the mother and cling the daughter-in-law. Some uncles are adulterous with their nieces, brothers with brothers' wives. Oh, hour of incest! Any kin now next to the rim of the sister is man's meat in these days, and in the morning when they are up and dressed and their mask on. Who could perceive this save that eternal eye that sees through flesh and all well? If anything be damned, it will be twelve o'clock at night. That twelve will never scape. It is the Judas of the hours, wherein honest salvation is betrayed to sin. In troth it is, too. But let this talk glide. It is our blood to err, though hell gaped loud. Ladies, no Lucifer fell yet still are proud. Now, sir, wert thou as secret as thou art subtle, and deeply fathomed into all estates, I would embrace thee for a near employment, and thou should swell in money, and be able to make lame beggars crouch to thee. My lord, secret? I never had that disease of the mother, I praise my father. Why are men made close but to keep thoughts in best? 
I grant you this. Tell but some woman a secret overnight, your doctor may find it in the urinal in the morning. But, my lord— So thou art confirmed in me, and thus I enter thee. This Indian devil will quickly enter any man but a usurer. He prevents that by entering the devil first. Attend me. I am past my depth in lust, and I must swim or drown. All my desires are levelled at a virgin not far from court, to whom I have conveyed, by messenger, many waxed lines full of my neatest spirit, and jewels that were able to ravish her without the help of man, all which and more she, foolish chaste, sent back, the messengers receiving frowns for answers. Possible? Tis a rare phoenix, whoe'er she be, if your desires be such, she so repugnant. In troth, my lord, I'd be revenged and marry her. Push, the dowry of her blood and of her fortunes are both too mean, good enough to be bad withal. I'm one of that number can defend marriage is good, yet rather keep a friend. Give me my bed by stealth, there's true delight. What breeds a loathing in't but night by night? A very fine religion. Therefore thus. I'll trust thee in the business of my heart, because I see thee well experienced in this luxurious day wherein we breathe. Go thou, and with a smooth enchanting tongue, bewitch her ears, and cousin her of all grace. Enter upon the portion of her soul, her honour, which she calls her chastity, and bring it into expense, for honesty is like a stock of money laid to sleep, which ne'er so little broke does never keep. You have given it the tang of faith, my lord. Make known the lady to me, and my brain shall swell with strange invention. I will move it till I expire with speaking, and drop down without a word to save me, but I'll work. We thank thee, and will raise thee. Receive her name. It is the only daughter to Madame Gratiana, the late widow, Aside. Oh, my sister! My sister! Why dost walk aside? My lord, I was thinking how I might begin, as thus, O oh, lady, or a twenty hundred devices. Her very bodkin will put a man in. Aye, or the wagging of her hair. No, that shall put you in, my lord. Shalt? Why content? Dost know the daughter, then? Oh, excellent well by sight. That was her brother that did prefer thee to us. My lord, I think so. I knew I had seen him somewhere. And therefore, prithee, let thy heart to him be as a virgin, close. Oh, my good lord. We may laugh at that simple age within him. <laughs> Himself being made the subtle instrument to wind up a good fellow. That's I, my lord. That's thou? To entice and work his sister. A pure novice. T'was finely managed. Gallantly carried. A pretty perfumed villain. I bethought me. If she prove chaste still and immovable, venture upon the mother, and with gifts as I will furnish thee, begin with her. Oh, fie, fie, that's the wrong end, my lord. 
"'Tis mere impossible that a mother by any gift "'should become a bawd to her own daughter. "'Nay, then I see thou'rt but a puny "'in the subtle mystery of a woman. "'Might is held now no dainty dish. "'The name is so in league with age "'that nowadays it does eclipse three quarters of a mother. "'Dost so, my lord? "'Let me alone, then, to eclipse the fourth. "'Why, well said. "'Come, I'll furnish thee. "'But first, swear to be true in all.' True. Nay, but swear. Swear? I hope your honour little doubts my faith. Yet for my humour's sake, cause I love swearing. Cause you love swearing, slud I will. Why enough. Ere long, look to be made of better stuff. That will do well indeed, my lord. Attend me. Exit. Oh, now let me burst. I've eaten noble poison. We are made strange fellows, brother. Innocent villains. Wilt not be angry when thou hearest on it, think'st thou? If faith thou shalt. Swear me to foul my sister. Sword, I durst make a promise of him to thee. Thou shalt disair him, it shall be thine honour. And yet now angry froth is down in me. It would not prove the meanest policy in this disguise to try the faith of both. Another might have had the self-same office, some slave that would have wrought effectually, ay, and perhaps o'erwrought him. Therefore I, being thought travelled, will apply myself unto the self-same form, forget my nature, as if no part about me were kin to him. So touch him. Though I durst almost for good venture my lands in heaven upon their blood. Exit. Scene four. Antonio's house. Enter the discontent Lord Antonio, whose wife the Duchess's youngest son ravished, he discovering the body of her dead to Piero and other, certain lords and Hippolito. Draw nearer, lords, and be sad witnesses of a fair comely building newly fallen, being falsely undermined. Violent rape has played a glorious act. Behold, my lords, a sight that strikes man out of me. That virtuous lady. Precedent for wives. The blush of many women whose chaste presence would e'en call shame up to their cheeks, and make pale wanton sinners have good colours. Dead. Her honour first drunk poison, and her life, being fellows in one house, did pledge her honour. Oh, the grief of many! I marked not this before. A prayer book, the pillow to her cheek. This was a rich confection, and another, placed in her right hand, with a leaf tucked up, pointing to these words Melius virtute mori, quam perdedecus viveri. True and effectual it is indeed my lord since you invite us to your sorrows let's truly taste em that with equal comfort as to ourselves we may relieve your wrongs we have grief too that walks without tongue cure leves locuntur majores stupent you deal with truth my lord lend me but your attentions and i'll cut long grief into short words last revelling night 
when torchlight made an artificial noon about the court some courtiers in the mask putting on better faces than their own being full of fraud and flattery amongst whom the duchess's youngest son that moth to honour filled up a room and with long lust to eat into my wearing amongst all the ladies singled out that dear form who ever lived as cold in lust as she is now in death which that step-duchess's monster knew too well and therefore in the height of all the revels when music was heard loudest courtiers busiest and ladies great with laughter oh vicious minute unfit but for relation to be spoken of then with a face more impudent than his vizard he harried her amidst a throng of panders that live upon damnation of both kinds and fed the ravenous vulture of his lust oh death to think on't she her honour forced deemed it a nobler dowry for her name to die with poison than to live with shame a wondrous lady of rare fire compact she's made her name an empress by that act my lord what judgment follows the offender faith none my lord it cools and is deferred delay the doom for rape oh you must note who tis should die the duchess's son she'll look to be a saver judgment in this age is near kin to favour drawing his sword nay then step forth thou bribeless officer i bind you all in steel to bind you surely here let your oaths meet to be kept and paid which else will stick like rust and shame the blade strengthen my vow that if at the next sitting judgment speak all in gold and spare the blood of such a serpent in before their seats to let his soul out which long since was found guilty in heaven we swear it and will act it kind gentlemen i thank you in mine ire twere pity the ruins of so fair a monument should not be dipped in the defacer's blood her funeral shall be wealthy for her name merits a tomb of pearl my lord antonio for this time wipe your lady from your eyes no doubt our grief and yours may one day court it when we are more familiar with revenge that is my comfort gentlemen and i joy in this one happiness above the rest which will be called a miracle at last that being an old man i'd a wife so chaste excellent End of Act 1